Welcome back to another episode of Meet the CEO. This episode is brought to you by Jasiri Talent Investor Program. Applications for the next program are still open until October 7th. Apply now via jasiri.org forward slash application. In this episode, we bring you Eric Uzawa Kiriho from Irebe Biotech. He talks about bringing innovation to pharmaceutical manufacturing. This and more in this episode. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. In this week's Meet the CEO, we bring you Eric Uzaba Kiriho. Who is Eric Uzaba Kiriho? Eric is a, a geologist, he's a mining engineer who is very passionate about solving problems, and currently, He's in the business of uh, making medicines. Walk us through Irebe Biotech. When was it founded and why? Well, uh, Irebe Biotech was founded uh, about two years ago under the uh, close uh, mentorship of Jasri, a talent investor program. So uh, it was me and my brother. And because um, my brother is in, in the health sector, so he came to me. When we were in the hotel um, during our residential program with Jasiri, so we had a talk, and he said, "If you are planning on solving problems, I think we have a very big problem in medicines in Rwanda." So uh, he showed me this document um, of his research about the medical manufacturing in Rwanda. So from there, we could see there was a very big problem when it comes to medical imports, uh, the availability, the cost, and the logistics. So we decided we want to uh, start something that can solve those issues. So that is how Irebe Biotech uh, was uh, found. Biotech is such a niche field, and when you marry that to medicine, its sample space in Africa even becomes smaller. How have you been able to navigate that field? Biotech is quite new uh, in Africa, especially in Rwanda. I can honestly say that we do not have any biotechnology company uh, producing medicines in the country. So, yeah, there are some complications, especially when it comes to expertise when it comes to prototyping and when it comes to understanding the uh, the industry because you don't have a lot of people to talk to. But one of the solutions we deal with that is that we, we form cooperation with an uh, international organization. Um, now we cooperate with uh, experts from America who are doing uh, surgery in the, in the country. We are also cooperating with the University of Exeter. So they advise us in uh, many things. We have uh, advisors who've been doing um, uh, medical manufacturing, who've been doing business in in the pharmaceutical sector for more than 20 years. So that's how we managed to navigate this small niche, how we managed to learn from the best and we see uh, an alternative or perspective. Alternative medicine is an area that is growing in Africa, with more rural communities calling for a cognition of traditional medicines that have been used for centuries. How can these communities be brought on board to ensure this knowledge is updated to fit modern day standards? Um, I guess you would be surprised to see actually how many ingredients that are used in the modern medicines that are taken from traditional medicine. 
Yeah. So actually, that is something we were thinking about, me and the team. Uh, you see, we have uh, a lot of um, traditional products that are on the market. So, for example, when you take a toothpaste, now uh, people, uh, traditional people, they can use charcoal uh, as a toothpaste. So we were thinking as a company, how can we leverage on traditional medicine to make it even uh, nicer and easy to use? So you can use charcoal and you can process it and you turn it to modern toothpaste. So traditional medicine and modern medicine, they do have a lot in common. After all, it's all based on science. When you see how traditional medicine works, uh, it's it's based on science. It's it's just that people call it traditional because it's done by, uh, I don't know, people with traditions who don't want to use m- m- modern machineries. So what we want to do and we will do is that we look at traditional medicines and you can approach people who are good in those kind of uh, medical practices and then you can offer them a way to collaborate where you can work together to incorporate uh the both area together so that you can make something uh, easy, something that is a that people can use uh, effectively. So it's not like they are two separate things. What we will do is just we can work with them if they have a, a particular medicine that heals particular diseases, then we can look at it and see if there is where we can improve it or we can mass produce it. What changes would you like to see in your industry? I want this industry not to be, when you hear about biotech, you hear about big pharmaceutical companies like uh, Pfizer, Novartis. So that is something I want to change. I, 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 want, I want biotechnology to be a developed, uh, developed sector in Rwanda or in Africa. So I don't want it to be like it's a thing for for developed countries. So I want to see us African making our own medicines and making sure that people get their medicines on time, but also they can afford it. So we have raw materials. It's abundant in Africa, so we can do it. It's just a a matter of collaboration and a matter of always uh, trying to you know, to to work hard so we can make this happen. What does the future of Irebe Biotech look like? Is there an African expansion plan? I see Ileve Biotech, to be honest, as a very, very big company, like employing thousands of people, giving jobs to people, curing diseases. So when I picture the company, I just want it to be like a company that you you see the way uh, we got hit by COVID and then uh, scientists work together to come up with of vaccines. So that is something I, when I see Irebe, I see it as a company that will be dealing with, you know, uh, curing diseases, doing a lot of res- researches. I see it not as a company that is making money. No, I see it as a company that it is saving lives. I see it as a company that can offer really good scholarships to excellent students to do the research, to be professors. And then we use that research to solve diseases. So that's how I see Irebe Biotech. Where do you see Eric Uzaba Kiriho in the next five years? Oh, well, in five years, I see myself in a lab court uh, working with my team of researchers uh, doing some <laughs> prototyping. You see, when you see those people in the movies mixing things and burning the laboratory, okay, hopefully I won't, we won't be burning anything, but that's how I see myself in a lab 
with glasses on doing some research in medicine. Yeah, running my company, making sure that we are doing a, a positive impact on the community. Uh, also, I see myself like uh, having sort of a community outreach event where we go to villages and we we teach them about uh, healthcare. I'll give them medicines. I take a team of uh, doctors. We go to the hospitals. We do some medical operations. So that's what I see in five years. Thanks. That was Eric Uzaba Kiriho, the CEO of Irebe Biotech. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. French independent power producer HDF Energy expects its green hydrogen power plant in Namibia, Africa's first, to start producing electricity by 2024. Once operational, the 3.1 billion Namibian dollar, about 181 million dollars Swakopmund project, will supply clean electricity power, boosting electricity supply in the southern African nation that imports around 40% of its power from neighboring South Africa. Namibia, one of the world's sunniest and least densely populated countries, wants to harness its vast potential for solar and wind energy to produce green hydrogen and position the country as a renewable energy hub in Africa. Another company, Namibian registered hyphen hydrogen energy, is in talks with the country's government to secure an implementation agreement for its planned $10 billion green hydrogen project that will produce some 350,000 tons of green hydrogen a year before 2030 for global and regional markets. Kenya's foreign exchange reserve fell further the week ending September 9th as the central bank released more dollars in the market to cushion the shilling from further weakening. The weekly bulletin by the Apex Bank shows reserves dropped 3 billion shillings on Friday to 7.34 billion dollars from 7.37 billion dollars the previous week the usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate for 4.19 months of import cover as at september 8th compared to 4.2 months the previous week even so the country is in breach of east africa's forex reserve policy where members are expected to have about 4.5 months of import cover at all times this is the fourth week Kenya's foreign reserves are below the regional benchmark. And a quick look at the market. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange All Share Index traded 0.4% higher, led by gains in utilities, energy, industrials, and financials. Fastrand was among the top performing companies, adding more than 3% after the biggest banking group by market value in South Africa announced a record dividend payment. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at K Financial and you can find me at Ifadon. Mm-hmm.